All right, how you doing? You like the slideshow? All right, so there are all the photos that you sent in uh, over the last few weeks on our Facebook uh, page. So uh, if you didn't send your photos in, you didn't get it up there. But uh, we're starting a series called... Home. Okay, I've been talking about this for a little bit. Home, so there's all your photos. Um, This series is about heaven coming to earth, our home away from home. That's what the song is about. Home is heaven. One day, Lord, I I will live. But you and I, as followers of Jesus, we're called to usher in heaven to earth, our home away from home. So before we start, we go into the series where we're going to pray. We're going to ask God for wisdom. We're going to ask God to speak into our hearts. We're going to ask God to make this place our home that we may usher in heaven to earth. Let's pray. Father, we come before you. We thank you, God, that uh, one day we will be with you. One day all our needs, any sickness, anything, Lord, Will be, will be met, will be healed, all will be made whole when we are home. We honor you and we thank you for this. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Our key verse for the series is John chapter 14, verse 2 and 3. And Jesus' words are this My father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, I would not have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you with me that you may also be where I am. There's many analogies that Jesus uses to explain what heaven will be like. One of it is my father's house. It's home. Another one is a banquet, a table. You know, home is so much more than just a place. You know, you, you, you guys are probably, all of us, we've probably moved houses a lot, right? At least a few times in your life. There's very few people that have been born in the, ha- in the same house and still live there. Anyone? I'm just curious. Oh, you're a kid, but that, that's different, okay? <laughs> She raised her hand. She makes a good point. Not many of us that are older, shall we say, are living in the same house. We, we live, we move houses because home is more of an experience than it is a place. When I go home after a day of work and I'm tired and kick off my shoes and leave them at the front door when I really should go put them in my room because that's what I tell my kids to do. Uh, when, when, you know, and when, uh, it, it's a place of relaxation, home. It's a place of safety. Anyone lock the doors at night? <laughs> it's a place of safety. It's a place of fun. When we invite our friends over, come hang out, have a laugh together. It's a place of, thank God for this food. Yeah. <laughs> it's a place of relationship and belonging. You know what I'm talking about? In fact, everything that the human heart really longs for, beauty and love, family, people coming together, can be encapsulated in this one word. And it is home. 
home. The truth is we'll never fully have that experience until we are home. (laughs) We're in our Father's house. However, while we are here, we've got to make this place our home. And we want to usher in heaven on earth. And this is what this series is about. This is what this church is about. This is what a Christian's life is about, is to usher in the presence and the purpose and the will of God into our hearts, into our lives, into our families, into our churches, and into our communities. We are the salt. We are the light. We bring heaven to earth. Are you with me? This is what we're talking about. And so in the next few weeks, we're going to go through our culture and our vision as a church, which is, you know, which is, uh, I'll put it up on the screen very soon. (laughs) Our our vision to find God, find friends and find purpose. And our culture, look up, lean in, reach out and expand. Look up is about putting Christ first and building a Christ-centered culture. That's what we're going to be speaking about today. Leaning in is coming together. Reaching out is going beyond yourself. Expanding is, is all about growth. And we're going to touch on that in each, uh, each of the four weeks in February. But we're going to start this week with look up. And that's building a Christ-centered culture and putting Jesus first. And for that, I want to go to uh, Philippians chapter 2, verse 14 to 16. And the Apostle Paul says this. He says, Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure. Children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Isn't that interesting? You know, we say, oh, you know, things are getting bad and everything. No, things are always bad. Paul lived in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine. Everyone say shine. Among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of faith. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not labor in vain. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly. Everyone say firmly. Firmly to the word of Christ. These are two things I want to talk to you really about today. It's holding firmly to the word and shining and being filled with zeal and spiritual fervor. Have you noticed uh, over the last, say, maybe 10 or 15 years, it's, it's become a little bit more difficult in public to share um, some of our Christian perspectives. Have you noticed has anyone noticed, um, you know, it's particularly around the three main things, you know, uh, sex, money, and power, particularly sexuality, um, you know, and gender and things like that. It, it's become a little bit tough to, you know, even say things like, you know, boy's a boy, you know, and, you know, talk can, can I, is that, is that true or am I, uh, in, all right, and it's, it's a little bit even more difficult when you have to preach about those things. You know, um, I feel like, you know, we did a series last, last year, I think it was, called Crazy Church. It was, no, last year. It was the year before now. Uh, it was about the Corinthians, and man, they were a crazy church, and the stuff that they got up to there. And, you know, I, I remember feeling like a little bit like, oh, I don't want to touch this topic. You know, it's, it's, it's too touchy. Like, you know, I felt like, you know, Elof the Snowman, you know, in, in, from Frozen, that show, uh, that, 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 oh, Olaf, whatever. Elof sounds better. It should have been Elof. <laughs> Elof. Olaf. 
all of the snowman. You know, he sings a song, you know, uh, I wonder what it would be like to be in summer. You know that, that song? You know, and he's, no, I'm not singing it. No, I will not sing it. <laughs> I don't even know his name properly. I, don't, I just certainly don't know this song. I've got three boys at home, all right? Frozen's not our favorite movies. Cars, I could quote that, all right? Word for word. Yeah, you're with me. <laughs> but here it is. Like, he's, you know, you got a, you got a snowman in summer, and it's kind of like, he's going to, what what's he going to do? He's going to turn into a puddle, right? And sometimes in this culture, it seems like we're stepping from one world into a different world. And the temptation can be actually, hey, let's just change the message to suit the culture. But that's not putting Christ at the center and building a culture that represents our king. Are you with me? Because what we're called here is not to reflect culture. We're actually called to bring heaven to earth. And when we bring heaven to earth, everyone's prosperous. Look Look at these people. Look at their faces. You know them. But just say you didn't. These people, right, are looking for Jesus. These people are looking for the, to experience the kingdom, are looking for love. They're looking for the thing that you're looking for. They're looking for home. And if it wasn't for you and me to usher in it, there is no, there is no other. The local church is it. That's God's plan A for the world. There's no plan B. It's you and me. It's not good policy. It's not good government necessary. Though we need good policy. We need good government. But really, it's the church. That's what Jesus left in charge. You and me, the Christians, the believers. He said, you are the light. You are the salt. And when leaders raise up from us and they make good decisions in government and so on, that's when we see change. But that only happens when we remember who we are and center our purpose, our culture, and we put Jesus first. Are you with me this morning? Because we're ushering in home. We're ushering in home. We're going to talk a little bit more about that because we can sure usher in something else if we're not careful. And just look at human history, and you're going to see hell on earth at times. I was um, listening to a particular podcast, and he brought up this guy, Paul Harvey, who had a radio show back in 1965. A couple of years before I was born. Actually, a while, but it's 58 years ago. All right. And so I want to read a little bit of an excerpt. He, he, says, he says, Paul Harvey, this is from like nearly 60 years ago, right? And he says, if I were the devil, that's what his transcript, that's what he would do, right? He's a Christian, from a Christian perspective, but this is what he's saying. I'm going to read a few excerpts out of this. He goes, if I were the devil, if I were the prince of darkness, I would want to engulf the whole world in darkness. I'd begin with the campaign of whispers with wisdom of a serpent. I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve, do as you please. To the young, I would whisper, the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that what is bad is good and what is good is square. We don't use that word anymore, but this is 50, 60 years old. Then I would get organized. I would educate authors in how to make lurid literature exciting so that anything else would disappear, would appear dull and disinteresting. I'd threaten TV with dirtier movies. I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could. I would sell alcohol to ladies and gentlemen of distinction. I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. If I were the devil, I'd soon have families at war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, nations at wars with themselves, each in turn until each in turn was consumed. 
And with the promises of higher ratings, I'd have mesmerizing media fanning the flames. If I were the devil, I would encourage schools to refine young intellects, but to neglect discipline, uh, to neglect to discipline emotions. Just let those run wild and, uh, until before you know it, you'd have drug-sniffing dogs and metal detectors at every schoolhouse door. This is an American thing, and Americans actually look at this and they're like, whoa, it's very prophetic because you see where their country is going. Even non-Christians. Within a decade, I'd have prisons overflowing. I'd have judges promoting pornography. Soon I was evict God from the courthouse, then from the schoolhouse, and then from the houses of Congress. And his own churches, I would substitute psychology for religion and deify science. If I were the devil, I would make the symbols of Easter an egg and the symbol of Christmas a bottle. I would convince the young that marriage is old-fashioned and swinging is more fun. Another word we don't use anymore, swinging. And what you see on TV is the way to be. And thus, I would undress you in public and lure you into bed with diseases for which there is no cure. And he goes on and on. And people look at this and go, oh, that's, that's amazing. 60 years ago, he predicted. No, that's common sense for the word of God. Right? That's like, and so you see uh, America that, you know, there, there are some tensions right now. And so who would be the people that would stand against this? Who would God have stand and to create a culture that would actually impact the world positively against the plans of the enemy? Who would that be? I'm looking at them. <laughs> there's, no other, there's no other force. There is the church of Jesus Christ, the buttress of truth, the people of God that are called to usher in good things into the world. To usher in heaven on earth where it seems like there is another agenda to usher in hell on earth. But that only happens. We can only usher in home when we build a Christ-centered culture that represents our king. When we put Jesus first. You know, people actually, even people that don't like our king, love the kingdom. It's true. It's true. Let me give you an example. You know, there's a, a lot of Christian schools, and I, I didn't mean to make this uh, overly political or anything like that. It's just, you know, just some topics that are hot at the, at the moment and been hot for the last few years. But it seems that uh, some Christian schools have, have received a lot of heat for their belief systems and so on. You know, over the last couple of years, all over Queensland, but also, also all over Australia, probably all over the world. But it also seems to me, from what I hear, that those schools are inundated with enrollments. Right? Because the people that we love the most, our kids, we want them to experience the kingdom. We want them to experience stability. We want them to ha have a framework that is not based on, you know, ideology that we really think is destructive. And so when we as the church, I mean, does, does anyone, is anyone against strong relationships? Is anyone against, you know, kids having strong moral come? No, people love what the kingdom looks like, even though they don't like the king or they don't necessarily know how to get there. They want to actually experience the kingdom. And that's when, when those of us who call this place our home, usher in heaven to earth, we create a culture that shines. See, Paul says, in a, in a crooked generation, 
If you align yourself and hold firmly to the word of God, that in time that you're going to be a shining light and people are going to look, at you, look to that and go, well, that's actually what I'm looking for. That's actually what I want in my life. I want stability. I want, I, I want connection with God. I want, I want purpose. I want love. I want to experience home and belonging. Isn't that what the human heart longs for? And this is what you and I are called to do. We've been talking about it uh, more wider as a, as, as, a, as a community of people. But let me, let me bring this down uh, closer to each one of us. How do I usher heaven into my home? How do I usher heaven into my life, my home? And I would say first one is, look, put Jesus first. Put Jesus at the center, right? Um, Jesus said this in, Matthew, in John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's pretty exclusive. <laughs> like, it's exclusive. But if it's the truth, then there is no other, there is no other way. So the question is, is, is our way of life based on Jesus? That's the question. I don't know about you, but I always, I always get the same, I always get, uh, what's the word? I'm always tempted. I'm always fine. I feel the tug of certain things away uh, from putting Jesus at the center. For example, materialism. Has anyone felt the, you know, the, the, the tug of, hey, if I get more, if that's part of my life, that that will make me secure, that will make me happy, that will make me fulfilled. Right? That's, that's the tug to take away our eyes and make our way of life something other than the person of Jesus. Pleasure. Pleasure. Like, that's a big one in our culture. Young people especially. There, there, is a, there, is a, there is a whole culture, a crooked culture that is trying to convince our kids that if you experience something, whether it be sexuality or substances, that you will enjoy life and this will be the purpose and you will feel fulfilled. Well, in, I get, as a pastor, I get to talk to some people. And what I found out of the time of being a pastor is that is, that is nearly exactly opposite. <laughs> That these sort of things actually usher in hell into our lives. We're promised one thing, but then when we take our eyes off the center of our way of life becomes not Christ, it becomes something else. It ushers a whole new thing into our lives and it's not heaven. That has been my experience. So young people. I want to encourage you, we, you know, we, we, we're filled in a world, we're filled, we live in a world that is filled with um, culture that points away from Jesus. But if we were to go, okay, take a hold of this message and go, you know what, I'm going to put Jesus first. I'm going to build my life around the person of Jesus. I'm going to create, I'm going to usher in heaven to earth. This is the word of God, and if it's true, and I believe it is, you're going to shine. You're going to shine. People are going to want what you have. You're going to be a place that represents 
home. Ambition. Ambition can be a really good thing. It can also just take over your life. Career. The number of followers we have on, well, you laugh, but that's true. On Facebook or Instagram. Ministry as well could take the center point and we can build a culture in our lives that is not, our way of life is not the way of Christ. It's, it's something else. And we're ushering a different type of life. And there is a way, it says in Proverbs 14, 12, there's a way that seems right, but in the end leads to death. And so my, my advice, my advice is if we want to usher in home is, are we putting Jesus, the teachings of Jesus, the Word of God, first and foremost in our life? Like it's more than just about you and me. It's about everyone that we're attached to. Salt doesn't say, like, you know, you chuck a piece of salt. It's not like it stays a cube, cube of salt in your shoe. <laughs> it impacts the whole pot, doesn't it? And if we want to stay effective, let's look up. Let's look up. The second thing I want to say personally, if we want to build a Christ-centered culture, I want to go to Romans chapter 12, verse 11. I believe we have it up on the screen. It says, never be lacking in zeal. Everyone say zeal. But keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Beautiful, beautiful verse. Beautiful verse, but um, let's be honest. Sometimes it's actually really quite difficult to keep your spiritual fervor, your zeal, you know, you know what it's like to be passionate and experience the presence of God, and, and I know what it's like to feel flat, to feel flat. But I do believe it's our natural state that God wants us to be filled with joy, filled with zeal, filled with spiritual fervor serving the Lord. That's got to be our goal. We can't be like, hey, you know, I'll, you know, I'll just go to church and 10 years go past and we're just going to church. It's like, no, hold on. What does God want for my life? What is my purpose on earth? What am I meant to be doing? How am I meant to be ushering in heaven to earth? There's no one else. There's no one else out there. Like, look, look to us. What are we doing to usher in home heaven into our lives and into our families? I just want to share with you eight, eight quick points. Really quick points that may help us. You know, sometimes uh, we get really spiritual, but actually if, if our natural state is spiritual fervor, then we just got to remove a few things so that we can get back to our natural state of being spiritually alive, filled with the presence of God, zealous for what God has called us to. So here's a couple of things that, uh, just real practical things that may help center us as we enter 2024. The first one is this, where do you feel the presence of God? Where do you most feel the presence of God? Go there more. For some of you, it's going for a big run. That would be hell to me, but good for you. <laughs> for some of you, it's like you want to go for a hike. For some of you, for me, I love, I love listening to, I, I put on worship and then I like, you know, if I, if I want to get into the zone, I want to get in the presence of God, I put on worship. That's, that's me. But whatever it is for you, wherever that, that place is, go there more. <laughs> get into the presence of God. Secondly, 
Get enough rest and take care of your health. You're like, what does that have to do with it? You know, no, no, really. Like, you know, if I got this, right, and, and I just like smashed it on the ground, right, and stepped on it, boom, no, don't clap. No, I would never do that. I love my phone. <laughs> I need it. <laughs> but if I were to do that, and then I would expect it to work, operate properly with that. You know, we all, we all have stuff that's going on as, you know, you know age happens. And, you know, I, I, like last year, I like, messed up both my shoulders. I'm like, what happened? <laughs> I used to just recover from these things. And not, but and that, that happens, right? But are we actually taking care of our rest? Or are we like, you know, up till three in the morning playing video games and then, you know, we're tired the next day. That's, yeah, that's, that's normal. <laughs> that's natural. But if we want to be filled and we zealous, be purposeful for life, are we getting enough rest and taking care of this body? Right? We've got to take care of this thing. We want to be filled. We want to usher in home into our, we've got to have that strength. We've got to have that, not, not, just, not just physical strength, but emotional strength, a mental strength, space in our lives. Are we, you know, are we getting a Sabbath? Are we, are we spending time in rest on the weekend? Number three, don't get comfortable with addiction. You know, there may be addictions in our life that we're, we're trying to work through, but don't get to that point where we're just like, oh, well, this is the way I am. No. <laughs> We can work, you work, let's say, God, you can deliver me from this. Let's not get comfortable. Let's not get self-condemning either. But let's not get comfortable and go, this is how I've always been. No, if it's not in line with the truth and your freedom of who God's called you to be, let's not get comfortable with it. Let's say, God, bring release in my life. It'll help us be zealous and filled with spiritual fervor rather than being flat. If someone has hurt you, talk to them. Talk to them, or if, if it's too hard, at least start to pray about it. This, this thing, this, this, this emotional pain can really block you. You know, it can stop you being spiritually fervent. Spend time with people who are headed in the same direction as you. I tell, you know, you know there's a couple of things that when people call me, especially young men, and we, we, we have a chat, they, they're in a really tough place. They, you know, just in multiple situations. I'm not a professional. I'm not a professional mental health person. I can't give them a strategy. I can't prescribe medication. But what I do give them, right? I say, hey, I'll journey with you. And this is what I will tell all our people that are in our pastoral team. We offer to journey with people, right? I offer to pull them into relationship with a group of people. And then I offer to connect them with, with professionals who might have a bit more um, understanding about what they're going through and give them a framework as to how they work through it. But really, this is what I found, that most people who are going through a tough time want to isolate themselves. Is that not true? Yeah. But as soon as I say, hey, we are here for you, I'm, I'm, I'm going to walk this journey with you, that's not isolating anymore. Then I pull them into community, a group of guys, or, or if they're a girl, appoint them to a group of girls. And that creates, that, that nine, nine times out of ten, that creates a circumstance where they're lifted out of uh, a, a, their, their isolation and where they've, they've kind of put themselves mentally. When you're getting around people that are going in the right direction, but I cannot work out for the life of me because so many young men, even though that's what they need to do, they'll go and isolate themselves instead. 
And it happens again and again. So when we're finding, when we need to spend time with those people headed in the same direction as you. Take spiritual disciplines seriously. Next one. Take spiritual disciplines seriously. Do what you are good at. <laughs> Let's use some Christian words. Um, God has gifted you, have a calling on your life. Do that. Or normal words. What are you good at? <laughs> you know, you, you, if you're a musical, play music. <laughs> if, if you're a writer, write. God has given you gifts. Let that flow. Like this joy, if you want to paint, paint. There's this beauty that comes from this, and it, and it fills your soul. You, you, you get lifted up. You know, when I, you know, I knew in my heart that I, I, God wanted to be, me to be a minister. I didn't know if I was going to be a pastor or what it was. But um, as an engineer, when I was only doing that 40 hours a week, um, now I'm bivocational, I'll do 20, 20. But bef uh, before, before that, I had this, and, and I, wasn't, I wasn't involved in, you know, church leadership at that point in time. I had this sense in my heart that I was incomplete. There was something more. There was something more. If God had called me to be an engineer full time, I would have just been happy with that. I know many great engineers that God has called to be engineers and they feel fulfilled in that role. Awesome. But I had a sense in me that I wasn't doing what God created me to do. And you just got to do what you're good at. If it's going out and kicking a ball and you just, that's the way you, you excel. It's like that guy who went, you know, the chariot of fire dude that went to the Olympics. He said, when I run, I feel the presence of God. Do what you are good at. And number eight, grow. Grow. You got to keep growing. You got to keep growing. Healthy things grow. These are some of the things that I've found in my own life and I've, through my pastoral experience that help people keep their spiritual fervor, keep their zeal, keep moving forward, ushering heaven into their lives, ushering heaven into their communities, ushering heaven to the church. My commitment is that as a senior pastor, and I'll speak on behalf of our leadership, is that we will always place Jesus his teaching at the center of our church. We will build a Christ-centered culture, which sometimes means that we may have to say things, preach things that don't actually line up with a culture outside and might be Ugh, a little bit cringy. I feel it too. I work out in the you know, I, I work out there in the engineering office. I get it. I get how culture is pulling us in different directions. But when we build a Christ-centered culture, we usher in heaven. We usher in heaven. We are the salt. I want to see that for my life. But here's an invitation for you as well. It's an invitation to build heaven on earth. Us as a church, you know, people walk in here, do they feel like, like this is home? This is where I belong? Do they feel full of grace and full of forgiveness and full of love when they're hurting? Do they feel like this is a safe place? This is a place of fun and laughter and food and coffee. Does it feel like heaven or does it feel boring and dull and judgmental and everything else? No. I mean, this is a perspective that people have about church, right? 
But if we, you know, my house, you come to my house and you come in and we've got, you know, pictures up on the wall and stuff like I create my house to reflect what I would like to feel. This is an invitation. Come, help us to create this place to display what heaven would feel like. Be part of this. Be part of this. Usher in heaven into your own families, into your own lives. Can I get the team back? Maybe there is something that God spoke to you about today. Maybe he's actually calling you back home. Maybe you know you've been living in a way that God actually is saying, come back home, son. Come back home, daughter. I want to give you a moment, just where you are, to make those decisions. To say, you know, I know know the will of God, I know the purposes of God, but perhaps I haven't had him at the center. There's been something else. For whatever reason, there's no judgment in this place. He's calling us home. Calling us back into that place of love and relationship, a place of belonging. Why don't you just take a moment as the the team plays. And if God has put something on your heart, You've thought about something, your heart's stirring, your heart's beating, whatever it may be. Take that moment to bring that up before God. Say, God, I'm committing. I'm, I'm coming back. with every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. If you're here and you're, you know in your heart that God is calling you, you haven't made a decision to follow Jesus, but right now you know he's calling you. This is the gospel, it's simple. There's no way to God except through Jesus. Jesus, and through his forgiveness and death on the cross, made a way for you and me. He calls us home. Therefore, there's no guilt. There's no judgment. There's, there's only love and grace to be poured upon you. And maybe it was something someone said or the worship or whatever it is. You know God's calling you. In just a second, I want, to, I want you to raise your hand because I just want to identify you. But just in your seat, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to call you at the front. I'm not going to try and embarrass you or anything. But you know God is calling you to himself. Maybe for the first time. Or maybe, maybe you just know 
that no, I, I've been going in my own direction. I need to recommit, recommit my life to God. If that's you, why don't you just raise your hand and put it down now. Don't put it down till I see it, please. If there's anyone here saying, yeah. Thank you, God. Jesus, come on, lift up our eyes. Lift up our eyes and see the 
in this place. We lift you up. We sense your presence. We thank you, Lord God, for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, for your love for everyone, everyone, every man, woman, and child on the face of this planet. We thank you that you have a plan. You have a purpose, Lord God. You will have good things for them, Lord. And we lift them up, Lord God. We thank you that love never fails. Oh, we thank you for this moment. We pray this all in the name of Jesus. Hey, guys, if you need prayer for anything, we're going to have a trusted group of people that are already here to pray with you. Don't leave this place without being prayed for. If God has touched your heart or you're sick or anything, we'd love to pray with you. We'll just be waiting out the, out the front here. Hey, if it's your first time, we have a gift pack that's going to be at our Connect desk. We'd love for you to grab that. It's a free coffee, a couple of free coffees for next week as well. Um, so grab that before you head out, and we'd love to catch up. Be blessed. Have a great week, and we'll see you back in the house of God real soon. Be blessed.